1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a AM member FDSC.
0: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight
1: loss.
2: Hello, everybody. Happy New Year. Yes. Very first podcast episode of 2024 for FlowTrack. I'm Olivia Panay, joined with Ashley Titians. We are super excited to be here with y'all What an exciting 2023 year it was. I know.
0: It was I feel like so much happened last year.
2: So much happened, but I am just looking forward to what is to come for this year. Two thousand twenty four. We're gonna have such an exciting year. Finally here for indoor. Kicking it off in January. See, I'm like kinda sad.
0: Because you know me, (laughs) I love cross country, but I guess we had what, like five months cross country or something. So five months.
2: I can't believe it's 2024, first off, and that it is indoor season two. So let's get it going. Before we do have a guest, who I'm very excited to have us joining us today, I want to really briefly talk about New Year's resolutions. And it's funny that I say that because it does not depend on me or, or you. But what are you kind of looking forward to for this 2024? Let's, you know, track year as a whole. What do you want to see happen?
0: That one. You, t- you asked me this question. And I'm like, this is such a broad topic. Like, how am I supposed to pick one? Obviously, it's an Olympic year. Um, you know, lots going on. I don't know why this is the first thing that came to my mind. But the one thing I hope for in 2024, can we see a yard and a goose, 1,500 meter Olympic gold? Yes, I don't know why that was the first thing that came
2: to my mind. I want to see it. I want to see it happen. I want to see that happen, too. <laughs> I think that's a great pick. I think for me, of course, I'm going to stick to the sprint side. I feel like the 200 world records, it's just time to just take them down. I know Usain Bolt said no one is touching his 1919, but after a season that Sharika Jackson had, running a 21-41 in the 200 meters is absolutely insane. And to think about that the world record is... Twenty-one thirty-four. that's in jeopardy, and of course, I'm rooting for Noah Lyles to take that down, so that is where I'm at with all Interesting. Of this. Interesting. Kind of a hot take there. Might be a hot take, but that. Mm-hmm. hey, that's my New Year's resolution. That's resolution or hope? It's not really hope. a
0: resolution. You're not changing anything.
2: You're just hoping it happens.
0: <laughs> I'm cheering
2: for a lot of world records to go down, especially okay. in the sprints. Okay, Ashley, I'm excited for our guest for today.
0: Yes, me too, and we have a very... He's a very special guest. Let's be He's frank very, about that.
2: He is very.
0: I feel like this guy has become like a viral sensation on social media. Like, this guy, like he has it. Today, we are joined by Quincy Wilson, who is the underclassman phenom from Bullis School in Maryland. And he has been taking on the high school elite sprinting world by storm as a freshman last year. He set not one, not two, not three, but four, four. indoor freshman class records and won the New Balance indoor national title in the 400. He also took fourth in the 400 at the USATF U20 Outdoor Championships in Eugene last July, and he's currently in his sophomore indoor track season, and he currently ranks as the second fastest athlete in the country in the 600. And he's going to continue his indoor season at VA Showcase, showcase excuse me, this weekend in mm-hmm. Virginia Beach, which will be live on Flow Track and Mile Split. So,
1: Quincy, thank you for joining us today. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me.
2: I know we also said this off air, but Monday was your birthday. So happy belated birthday as well. So kicking off a very strong season for you. So Quincy, as Ashley mentioned, four freshman class records. I don't think that's that's never really been done. I haven't really looked into it, but I feel like that is that's a huge accomplishment. That is absolutely insane. What do you think separates you. you from just the rest of the competitors? Just knowing that you have four class records to your name right now
1: um well thank you for my birthday message in, in the beginning uh i just think it's a um it's a blessing um Coming from uh, Virginia, where I had a lot of support, and I had to move for military. Uh, coming here, it was like a new—it was a new start for me. And I started off with my indoor season, and it was like it was very—it was uh, very new for me. And so to come out on the track and run four records, it—it w- it means a lot because only the only thing that uh, I had was my team that I knew really, in my team and my team was able to uplift me at all times and make sure that. Like I was on the right path, so I think that led me to the records that I had. It was a great team, and everyone believed in I could do it.
2: Mm-hmm. Now the four records were the 300, 400, 500, and 600, which is incredible. Pretty big range, if you ask me. Like if I was to be, I've ran the 300 and 400. I've never done a 500 or a 600. You could not be okay, sure. enough to do that. But what would you say <laughs> was your favorite? What is your favorite indoor event, and why?
1: um my favorite uh event is probably the 500. i think it's the 500 because it's like it's in the mix of like both of the uh the uh, 400, uh, 600, and the 300. Um, I think the 500, you get um, a chance to show it all. Uh, you get to show your 400 strength and be able to show that 600 strength that last 100 of the 500. And I think it's just a great race because I was only able to run it two times. And the first time I ran, I believe I ran 104. And then I came back and ran 102 and like a week later. So it was just dramatic change. Like like I changed like one thing and my time dropped two seconds. So. I get the run. I get to run in VA Showcase again this week, so I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to run it.
0: Can I add a quick follow-up? Yeah, to go that? Ahead, go ahead. So now I'm talking. We're talking about range here, and I'm thinking, okay, we're going all up to 600. You know, what I want to see personally, oh gosh, Quincy. You it. may not be on board for oh this. Gosh, I would love to see you, Quincy run in 800. Oh no, she did it. Oh, yeah. she said it. <laughs> Do you think you would ever see yourself running an 800?
1: Um, do I see I think I may run I may one run one an uh, in indoor season. I might I might run one indoor Ooh. season to give me ready for the uh, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I I've uh, I ran one last year, but it wasn't it wasn't to my best uh, ability, I don't think, but I'm. you never know. You never know. I'm, <laughs> you never know I'm, wait, what I'm just curious, curious.
2: It, didn't
1: you run like a two oh one? Did I make that up? I, yeah, I ran like two flat. I ran two, two flat, flat. Uh, but Sorry, i, I give you that I,
2: extra second, my bad. Too flat. That's actually solid. For a sprinter, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too flat? Okay. If you were to run the eight hundred, what do you think you could run it in? Like right now. Was, like, we're gonna warm up. We're right gonna now, hit the track.
1: Right now, uh just given uh let's go one fifty two. Let's just go there. Let's go there right now. <laughs> wow <here. laughs> Quincy's like, we're dropping eight <laughs> seconds here.
2: That is that <laughs> wow. I see it happening That's though. Funny. I see it eight happening. Eight seconds. Okay, so okay, we wait. will
0: keep this on lock. 800 coming up. Shoot us a message when you're about to run that because we will be watching. (laughs) So (laughs) I guess shifting back then again, talking about last year, I know Olivia was there on site at New Balance Indoor Nationals where you won that 400 meter title. And I believe in that interview with you afterwards, you said, you know, you felt like you were the underdog going into that meet. And that's kind of how, you know, what you used to fuel yourself to win that title there. Um, you know how are you feeling now going into the season do you still feel like that i mean do you still have that like underdog mentality or is like has your mindset shifted a bit after you know having such a stellar freshman
1: year um actually i think it has shifted uh i don't think i don't think i'm the underdog anymore because now the, pressure, <laughs> the, the uh, it's reverse psychology honestly uh now the is on me being able to like up like be able to be able to push the races and things like that so now I have to change my whole game plan because I'm like usually now I'm uh I have to like uh run the race myself like I have to get out and things like that because people that's what people expect me to do so like I have to so I don't think I'm the underdog anymore but it's I still have the underdog mentality because I'm only a sophomore
2: (laughs) (laughs) kind of to have a follow-up Kind of just a piggyback on just your season, You again, we've seen you compete since you were at the AAU Junior Olympic Games, little baby Quincy, Quincy, and now you're just doing extraordinary things as you enter this high school season. So with that mentality of just coming, telling yourself like, I'm the underdog, but you know, like people know who you are. How do you control just the mental side of that? I feel like it, it happened just like this because it's like, we obviously knew who you were, but like when you come and you face the competition, as a high school athlete, and again, I know you mentioned like the Bullis School programs. The Bulldogs have really supported you, but how have you just been able to kind of control your emotions and control your nerves as you you toe the line for this indoor season, and as we move into the rest of your sophomore year?
1: Um, yes, ma'am. Like you, like you said, um, you have to be able to stay focused at all times. Um, I take meditation. Um, very like as a big key for me, a meditation is great. And you always have to thank the Lord for where he's got you. And I believe the uh, Lord has not put anything on my plate that I can't handle. So if I know that, then I believe that um, there's the sky is the limit when it comes to running, schoolwork, anything like that. Because school is always my number one priority. Uh, I have a, a A average in the school in the class. So I just use what I use those tactics and bring them to the track. And I just know that I'm just a regular high school athlete that runs track at a pretty good time. So it's just like it's just a normal kid. So meditation is very key though when you get on the You see me on the track, you'll usually see me with my eyes closed. It may say he looks weird or something like that. But yeah, I'm getting in my zone.
0: (laughs) I love how Quincy says he's just a regular old kid, which is true. But also at the same time, if you just go down the list of accolades and things that you've already accomplished, it's crazy. And Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit too about last fall, like about four months ago or so, you signed an NIL deal with New Balance. And I believe you're probably like one of the youngest high school athletes out there that has an NIL deal with such a big brand. So tell me a little bit more about that signing and you know what it meant to you and also you know maybe what are some of the things that come with being an nil ambassador for new
1: balance um so it was a uh, uh, it was when i was in in eugene uh, i was able to go to the new balance i was able to go to the new balance houses because they have um, each one of the houses there and new balance ever since i went there they treated me like family and Like once I knew that I had another family, I have three families of oh multiple families that I look into, and I knew that New Balance was a family to me, and I knew the athletes that I look up to, Sydney McLaughlin, Trayvon Bromell, and many more athletes. um, I know that they're in great hands, and know they're not just um, they're not just uh, great runners; they're great. They have great character people outside of the track, and that's what I um, track isn't always going to be. Uh, here you never know because you only can run track for a certain amount of time and I believe that uh, they're great they're great people and I just I use that and I can just uh, September from now on it's been great um, getting new shoes uh, whenever I'm feeling like shoes are about to blow up <laughs> I can just get a new pair um, get new spikes and it's been amazing they've been treating me great and it's like I said it's like a family Love that.
0: Now, I know we also, so we were, you know, looking more into your NIL deal and such and you know, how you've been involved and how New Balance has been, you know, part of that family for you now. And we did find We saw that you did some vlogs around, you know, signing your NIL and stuff. So we watched it. We loved it. We, we need some more vlogs, you know, or is that something you're getting yes. into now? <laughs>
1: Oh yes, um, I've been looking into like a lot of people, like for example, Masai Russell and things like that. Uh, we've grown closer up throughout the past years, so like using tips from her videos and things like that. And also, New Bounce for Christmas—they got me a new vlog camera. So um, the new quality is amazing. So I can't, I can't wait to post a new video. I think, I think a new video is coming out, showcase for showcase because I can't wait.
2: I was going to ask, I was like, are we going to get a VA showcase vlog? I am all for that. I think that's awesome. Yes. And again, Masai Russell, very talented hurdler too. And again, another bulldog. So just yes. kind of keeping it in the fam. I love that. Yes. All right. So Quincy, kind of shifting gears just a little bit. You already had your season debut at the Marine Corps Holiday Classic right before the new year. You finished second in the 600 by just like half of a step. What's interesting is you went 117.81 and you were just off your personal best which is 117.80 so like that happened at Millrose in february of last year so that already tells me your training is working like you're a lot stronger right now than where you were last year so just kind of talk to us how has training been for you and just how excited you are for the rest of this indoor season
1: okay so it's a lot of things to go into it so uh football and track has been like one of my main sports and um i dropped i dropped football this year to Mm. focus on to focus only on track so i knew that this was going to be a year because it's a big u20 year and also olympic year as well so i dropped uh football this year so i could focus on track and so my training has like coach lee and i we've made a plan on what we want to do and Uh, The training has been going like amazing, but I also tend to, I've gotten like little tweaks in here and there. So I've taken a little breaks and being able to manage my training because it's a long way till June and things like that. And so I've been able to stay stay focused on the main goal, which is later on down the road in the season, you 20 time, maybe the Olympic time. So the training has been going great. And uh, I just ran my first race, like you said, 117.81 is a great time. Mm -hmm. I had um, two weeks. Uh, before that, I had two weeks that I didn't run before that. And so I was coming into the race, um, I was coming to the race like raw without any training. And so I ran 117.81 without running in two weeks. So I think that it was, it was a great, it's, uh, it's going to be a great season. Because if I ran 117.81 uh, the first race back, I think it's going to be amazing.
2: Mm-hmm. I wish we could drop fire emojis. I, we need to figure that out. I yeah, like can we drop
1: emojis? Like on emojis
2: here. somehow on the screen because that is just incredible. We're just so proud of you and especially just... Just, you know, taking that those two weeks to kind of just like reset, kind of regroup yourself and still run the time that you ran is just extraordinary. Just kind of reflecting back on that race. Is there anything that you can take away from that you're looking to improve upon as you, you know, approach the VA showcase and just the remainder of the season?
1: Um, so the thing that uh, I took a, from that race was I got the sophomore class record and I think about all the positive things in that race. And even though I did lose, I think I took the positive aspect of every race and thinking of like that, I probably raced, I watched the race a thousand times. I probably watched it more than anyone else has. And I've looked at the things that um, I did bad or well, not bad what well, things I could critique and things that um, I did well. And so I've done a lot. I did a lot of things well, but I didn't do. I didn't. I don't think I executed them great. So being able to um, execute the race even better, but that race it brought me back. um, Well, it made me realize that there's like there's. The, the pressure, like you said, is on my back now, and everybody's gonna give me their best race when uh, when I step on the track, and I'm gonna give them my best race as well. So it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of battles throughout the season, and it it's a lot of great athletes that we've seen. Uh, the times so far this year are, are like crazy; they're they're running fast. So mm-hmm. I can't wait to get back on the track this weekend. So because I've been practicing, I've been ba- I'm back practicing, and so I can't wait to see um, what I have in store.
0: Yeah, let's talk a minute about this weekend. Obviously, a big weekend. You'll be running the, the Invitational 500, the VA Showcase, which you said earlier, 500, your favorite event. So I'm sure that's exciting it's you. Cool. And, um, you know, yeah. if you look at this, you're going into this 500. Hundred. You, like you said, you've had, you know, training back underneath your belt. How do you plan on attacking this race?
1: Um, I plan on just uh, giving – Like, using, like, my uh, technical things that Coach Leah has taught me throughout this year, a main thing that I'm going to be, like, focusing on is, like, form and because form has like it changes a lot like those seconds that i could because i'm growing up now using the, the little form that like i've always ran with and things like that that i've ha- always had like some things are gonna have to change to be able to be able to get will sumner's 101 record because is what i love i love will sumner to death but you never know what i'll be able to be capable of since i was back um competing mm-hmm.
2: kind of on the same line of just like domination right like you go to Bullis school which is based in Maryland and the amount of records that y'all have just set over the last several years is extraordinary from relays to everything and anything in between what kind of separates the Bullis school program the Bulldogs from the other programs like what makes you guys so special and how does it feel to be just be a part of that team as well?
1: Um, so Bullets, uh, we don't usually use the word team. We use it as a family, and I family. think that's what, it, uh, that's what it is. And so when we uh, – it doesn't even just start um, at, on the track. It starts in school and things and things like that on the sort of uh, being able to remain straight A's and uh, may have a B here and there. But, Coach, you have to have a certain uh, grade point average to even travel, and I believe track has the uh, highest grade average average um, in the whole school. And we use that as, um, we take that into the track. And so bullets, uh, we've, we've had, we have, um, we've had great people and that's what inspired me to come here. Ashton Allen, Shania Hall, which is my cousin, Masai Russell and people like that. They've, um, they've, made it so that we, like people like my age, can come back to the track now and use what they taught us and like, provide it. But um, yes, we use that as one family and we're one family. And we do things outside of outside of track. And when we come to the track, it's just, it's just easy because we're just, it's a family. And if we're a family and work together, then I don't think that there's any team that can be able to beat us family-wise. They may beat us on the track, but as a family, there is no one touching us as a family. I Me too.
0: Family. Family. Family <laughs> is key. Family is key. Yeah. Now, Quincy. Beyond VA showcase and for the remainder of your indoor season, what are your goals on the track? I know I. I heard you when you said you dropped Will Sumner's name out there with the 500 <laughs> indoor record. You I know, love Now I'm it. curious if that's part of the plan. But you know, just how do you? What are your big goals for the rest of the season?
1: Um. Well, uh, I have like a lot of goals. What I want to achieve this season, but um. Being like uh, to come out New Balance Indoor and be a champion as well again, that's one of my big goals. But when it comes to like times now, I don't want to set any limits because you never know what I can do. Because the training, things could go up, things could go down, and you never know what could possibly happen throughout the season. So there's like no really limits because, like I said, God, He wouldn't put anything that I can't handle. So you never know. I may be out for some weeks or I may run some crazy times. You never know what will happen. And it's just the main goal is June. So you. You never, I may. I can't wait to see what I do this indoor season, but I don't want to set any limits because there's multiple things that I think I can achieve this season.
2: Love it. All right, Quincy, before we let you go, we have something very special up our sleeve. We do have something very special (laughs) up our sleeve. We have Ashley introduce this part.
0: So I know we mentioned this earlier. You're someone that, even though you're a high school sophomore, you've been around this sport for a very long time, all the way back to (laughs) AAU days, and you were a star at the (laughs) AAU level. And I have to say, us at FlowTrack and Milesplit, we have, you know, the footage and interviews to prove it, that you were a star back in the day. So... Let's see, we want to take a minute and do a little throwback to, what is it, 2017, I believe? 2017, with this interview from the AAU Junior Olympics. Amanda, can you pull that up?
1: (laughs)
2: All right, I'm here with Quincy, the
0: nine-year-old boys, 400-meter dash champion. Can you tell us about your race today?
1: because the guy was beating me, but then I thought when I come to the curve, and just start sprinting. How did it feel when you crossed the line in first? It felt really good because last year last year I got four and this year it was a really big improvement. Did you expect to win this year? Um, not really. Um, no, not really. <laughs> What'd you
0: have for breakfast this morning? Good luck traditions before your races.
1: Um, so just to
2: pray to God. I love that video. It's so one of my much favorites. I absolutely love it. I feel it. like it's always fun to like see kids
0: like now that are you know in high school or college even to see them when they were back at, as kids at AAU like
2: doing the little interviews because I mean they're just little kids. They're little kids. I Absolutely love it.
0: So you know obviously we showed that interview but like did you ever imagine that you would you know in your journey. You would go from being just a kid running AAU and kind of starting at level to already as just a high school sophomore being one of those top guys that people talk about in high school track and field. You know, what has that journey been like for you? I can't,
1: I can't like believe like where I am right now uh, things have things have changed like you said extremely fast um, my family being on my side my sister uh, who runs college and uh, tr- uh, college track um, she's been there um, family that's been there uh, and number one uh, uh, the God he's been there for me and he's the most important aspect in my life and without with that he's just uh, guided me to success and I can't wait to uh, see what else I have in store but I don't want to rush it too fast because you have to stay in the limelight but be able to stay humble and that's one of the main things that uh, my family keeps me humble and a lot of coaches friends that are there for me and uh, my coach as well coach Lee um, he's he's always been there and he looks out for me like I'm like I'm his son so with with that I can't I there's no limits there's no limits and I can't I can't wait I can't wait to run it just I can't explain how much I am to run I'm so antsy right now I can't I'm ready to run. (laughs)
0: Okay. Final, last question. That's kind of off of that. Is waffles, eggs, and ham still your go-to meat day breakfast? Same <laughs> that thing that you ate as a nine-year-old. That's the final hard <laughs> question here.
1: Um. Uh, uh, well, I'm not gonna lie. I do love waffles. Uh, sometimes the hotel eggs are not that good, so I don't. <laughs> I usually don't. Eat, I don't really eat the eggs, but bacon's really good, but not not too greasy. But I love omelets now, and so uh, now that I know that the hotel we're gonna be at, they have really good omelets, so I get to eat a good omelet before I race. So I don't run till 6:45 at night, so I'm probably gonna uh, eat a, a breakfast, lunch, and possibly a little bit of dinner <laughs> so before I run. <laughs> so, so I guess the way to feel like Quincy Wilson is to
0: eat an omelet, eat an omelet. on your meat day. Okay, Absolutely. I'm going to keep that in mind for when I, you know, am running track races
2: someday. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Quincy, thank you so much for joining us. It, it's always a pleasure nice. to see you. I will be at the VA showcase along with Corey this weekend. Ashley That's will be nice holding day. it down remotely, but I will see you on the ground in Virginia. Safe travels to y'all, That's and nice. I'll you. see you in a couple days, probably tomorrow, because we'll okay. be at the track. See y'all. <laughs> Bye, Thanks, thank Quincy. you. Quincy. Awesome. It, it's really nice, like you said, when you see yeah. them at literally just little kids and you yes. get to watch them grow and hear Quincy is just doing great things. It's
0: so funny because I remember, I think back in the summer, I was looking back at old AAU interviews and there were plenty with like, you know, people that are pros now. Like, I mean, you can look back That's and insane. find things with a thing. Mo, Yes. Um, you know, the, the, the list goes on. I mean, I think also, too, we were talking about Nick Harbour, who was a star. Um, now he's playing football and track at South Carolina. Like you can find videos of him when he was like eight years old. Like it's always funny. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: All right. Let's go ahead and dive into the rest of our show. We have a very. I feel like we have a lot to. Discuss we have a lot today. to talk about. I feel like we've kind of divided it
0: into parts, though. Yes. Like I feel like this first part we're gonna go through just a bunch of different breaking news things that have happened over the past what like week or so. Yes. And then just we're gonna go we into. haven't had an episode. To yes. Kind of talk. And then we're gonna break down indoor season. I think talk about some cool matchups that we're excited for. Yes. And then a little bit more about marathon.
2: Marathon. Because we're coming up
0: on the U.S. Olympic trials. Yes.
2: So lots of things to unpack here. So first thing on the dock after Quincy is to Jess, Katema runs the fastest woman's debut marathon in history.
1: And this was just
2: mind-blowing to me because the fact that, like, when you look at what Katema has done, like the furthest that she's ever competed in has been the 10K so you're going from the ten K all the way to the full marathon and pretty much setting a whole standard of the fastest debut time in history. What yeah, that's two, two two sixteen 10, yeah, two 16, seven seven. Yeah,
0: let's talk about this. So Tagis Katema, as Olivia mentioned, I think she's twenty five now. Yes. But when she if you look at her history as an athlete She began, you know, during her U-20 career, she was an 800 meter runner. She Mm -hmm. ran, I think, 202 for the 800 or something like that, and was, I believe, a medalist at World Juniors back in 2016. And so now she all of a sudden decides to make this huge jump up to the marathon. And not only does she run the fastest debut marathon in history for women of 2:16:07 at the Dumas, and that was in Dubai. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, she does that, but that's also the eighth fastest marathon ever ever. It's insane. Which is crazy to think about. I mean, sure, Dubai, that's a pretty fast course. Like that's a that's a place where you can run a fast time. But I don't think even herself expected something like this.
2: Yeah, I don't think so either. I and I think when you make that big jump, it could be so intimidating. I think I read like a quote um from somewhere where she was like I was just so nervous, but then I don't know what I'm going to be – I don't know why I was nervous. And (laughs) I think everyone kind of has that feeling of just, like, when you do something that extraordinary, like, meaning, like, you're used to run – let's just, you know, 10K. Like, you're used to running a certain amount of distance, Mm -hmm. training for a certain amount of time, to then all of a sudden go the furthest distance you can possibly, you know, achieve, 26.2 miles. That's absolutely nuts. And
0: I I think I also saw, too, in a recap article that her coach – Thought that maybe she was going to run, like, 215 or something. Like, going into the race, he thought maybe she could run 215, which that's, like, a crazy statement to that's say wild. there. But then she runs 216. 216. So, like, 16. he was pretty much right on the nose with that. Right, but yeah. Let's also talk about the men's side of the the Dubai Marathon. Again, another, I think, interesting story here. You have 19-year-old Adisu Gobaina. He runs 205.01 to win this marathon He's from Ethiopia. He's the Ethiopian, and he, apparently he used to be a javelin thrower until like two years ago when I think his, he said his aunt convinced him to go into running. And so now you have the storyline of a former javelin thrower becoming a 205 that's, marathoner. Like, that's I, I, wild. I, I don't know. That's wild du, to me. Dubai had a lot of interesting storylines, I
2: think. Like, how do you, again, I, I just think that's so interesting. You never hear these kinds of stories. So I'm no. just, I'm trying to wrap my head around. Like a javelin thrower wanting to commit to (laughs) a big switch. Going from, you know, short runway Mm -hmm. to now 26.2 miles. I don't know if I would make that shift if I were a javelin thrower. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I could. No. I don't know if I could. No. But in other news also, kind of just like on the same path, like Beatrice Chabette smashed the women's 5K road world record, which was absolutely insane at the Cursed Dills. Nassos in Barcelona in 1413, and this was right before the New Year. Way to end New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Way she was, to end 2023. She was like,
0: I am going to end 2023 on the highest of notes, and I feel like that's a, talk about a power move. Like mm. going out like that. I mean, we all know Beatrice Chubet, the Kenyan. She has been sensational yeah. in distance running, and so what better way to do this than run 14.13? I believe the previous record was 14.29, which had been held for a couple years. Yeah. So she goes there, crushes that.
2: Insane. Insane. Kind of also on a side note with that, in that same race, there was a U-20 mark that also dropped from an 18-year-old Medina Issa, also from Ethiopia, finished fifth in that race with a 14.40, and, like, she ran six seconds faster than the previous record, which was set back... Two years ago, in April. So lots of things dropping before the new year. Yeah. And here we are. I think it's... Honestly, though, I feel like it's a perfect
0: way to segue into 2024, which is such a big year on for so many different reasons.
2: Yes, absolutely. All right. Kind of switching gears. Of course, I feel like I have more Bowerman talk. When do we ever stop talking about Bowerman at this point? I, I don't know. It's... It's just very interesting how it's just like more names are popping up. So who's the most recent person that I said that they're leaving?
0: Let's just add another one to the
2: list. Am I yes. right? So yeah.
0: you have Courtney Frerichs, obviously been, she holds the American record in the Siebel Chase and has been so consistent throughout her career. She announced her departure from the Bowerman Track Club, um, I believe on New Year's Day, around that time frame, going into the new year. Um, she said, you know, it's just, it's time for a change. and um, you know, Kudos to, I want to shout out to Let's Run. They had actually a very great Q&A with Courtney where she kind of, she really opened up about just what went into this decision for her. Because I think, you know, a lot of times when you make such a big change like that, it's easy to just kind of close off. And she was very transparent and open about why she wanted to move. You know, I think when the Barman Track Club moved from Portland to Eugene, that, you know, that caused, um, you know, some issues for her and her family. And then just, Different, you know, she's different training, too. So yeah. I think there are a lot of factors going into this. And so now she's going to be training with Alistair and Amy Krog. So that's
2: great. Yeah. I feel like it's really challenging, especially when you've been with a track club or with a, a team for an extensive period of time. Like, I believe she's with she's been with that program for seven successful seasons. And mm-hmm. I know she's going to still be with Nike, still be with Garmin Running. Um, but it's hard, it's challenging to kind of, Take that jump when you've yeah. formed a family like that mm-hmm. to be like, okay, I need to take a step back, yep. analyze the situation, what's going to be best for me and for my future. And again, this is an Olympic year. Like, yep. this is where everyone's going to be putting everything together. Um, and so it's just hard. Like, we so saw Grant Fisher leave, Elise Craney, Cooper Tier gone. Yep. Then you have Matt Sentowitz, Woody Kincaid, Marco Scott also departed. So, like, it's just slowly trickling away.
0: Yeah, like you said, I think it takes a lot of courage. And again, this is a big year. Courtney's been someone who over the past couple of years, she's unfortunately dealt with some some injuries and some other, I think, iron issues. And so this is her mm-hmm. year to really, hey, like, I need to be fit this year with hopes of chasing those dreams again, of going back to the Olympics yet again, because she's been multiple times. I mean, she's a silver medalist from Tokyo. And so I think this was a big step for her. And I'm really excited to see what she does, to be yeah. honest. Mm-hmm. Same, yeah. same.
2: And I think there's been a lot of changes across the board Mm -hmm. um, with people training with different coaches. So, again, I think we had this conversation a few episodes ago, like back in (laughs) November, December, where I was just, I think we, was it with Fred? I think it might have been when we were talking about Fred. um, yeah. And I was just like, this is so interesting, like Olympic year, you're taking a bold move. But like now that I've seen Fred do it, I've seen other athletes outside of Bowerman Track Club kind of like make their way to different you know, coaching. They're putting,
0: if you think about it, they're putting all their eggs in one basket, yes. right? And the I Olympics. feel like that's almost a huge risk too because you is. don't know if it's going to work. It's a risk, but it's also a risk that, hey, if, hey, it, works if it, out, works it works out, it works out in a huge way.
2: Exactly. So I
0: think it's, honestly, I think all the pros right now are just really trying to line everything up to put them in the best situation
2: as possible. I agree. Okay, I don't know if this is on a lighter note, um, but on a different note, <laughs> I don't know how to take it. It's just like, I feel it's great news. Like, it's great news. I just mm-hmm. think it's odd timing. Um, couple, what I'm like, what month is it? January. But like last month or the month before in November, you know, Caitlin Toohey, um made the decision to go pro. We mm-hmm. all know that. Kind of in the middle, I want to say middle of the season of like 2023, 2024. Did it right after cross country, after a great you know, last couple years at NC State. Now we have Kenneth Rooks of BYU making his announcement that he is going pro. Yes, signed a professional contract with Nike. He's the NCAA and USA TF steeplechase champion. Also competed at Worlds last year. Again, for me, this is the weird timing. How is this weird timing? I feel like it's it's like the middle of the season. They barely so the they haven't middle. even started.
0: New yes, Year indoor like, hasn't started. I think it's this actually like, I think this makes a lot of sense in my brain. If okay. you think about it. He has so much momentum in his favor. He won NCAAs in the steeplechase. He won USA's in the steeplechase in an incredible feat where I believe he fell and then still came back to win and he went to worlds. And obviously this is a huge year with the Olympics. And if you look at the US men's steeplechase, how it's been in the past couple of years, it has been so wide open. So wide open for anyone to come in there and make a team or win USAs, win trials. And so he says, okay, I'm going to devote all of my time to making sure I am the fittest as I can be and race ready for trials, for the Olympics, because this is his chance to lead the U.S. contingent in the men's steeplechase.
2: I just think it's odd timing.
1: i I'm think for I love it. I think, I
2: me, it. I think again, it's the sprinter mentality in me. You don't hear sprinters middle of the year being like, I'm going pro. But it's
0: not middle of the year. It's the transition period. He ran his final cross season with his team. Makes sense. I believe he was an all American there, at NCAA's mm-hmm. cross. Yeah. You have that, then boom. All right. Before I'm gonna get into indoor, let's just go ahead and switch gears. I think that's perfectly Kayla Tui basically did the same thing. She just
2: announced it a month earlier. So I know. And again, for me, I was like, okay, but but for me to rationalize, kind of Caitlin Tui, was like, okay, it's been an, a year anniversary since she signed her nil deal with Adidas, so I'm like, okay,
0: this still makes that's, plenty that's, of sense. That we, might not even be
2: true. Since when but are that's we in the brain... middle of
0: indoor season? We've had like one week of indoor competition. I'm not saying middle. Of, I'm
2: saying middle of like the 2023-2024 like season, like. Collegiate year. Well, you have to think about it from a distance perspective. I know that's what I'm saying. So you have my to divide mind, it by three seasons. I know. So that's so. why I said my sprinter mind is like this is odd timing for me because you will ne- I I guarantee you a sprinter is not going to come out and say we're going pro well, right now. Kenneth
0: Rex is no sprinter.
2: So <laughs> I know that's why I'm like okay this, just, <laughs> but uh, this I really, just feels odd. I
0: really like the move because again I think he's really trying to put himself in that situation where he could be the leader of the U.S. team
2: for the steeplechase. Okay, I agree. I'm not mm-hmm. arguing there. Yeah. We're just, just talking. The, just chatting. the pro the pro commitment okay. Okay. throwing me off. All right. Because I almost want to be like, just finish the year. And now the team. he doesn't have to worry about.
0: He can just literally focus on running. That's very true. For the entire year. Because this is this January through May June period. That's where you're gonna build and work all your fitness and everything looking ahead to trials. So But he's doing that now. but now he just only running he can focus on the recovery like he can he can have the you know the pro runner life where all you do is you you run and recover which you can't always do to that great extent when you're in college that's
2: very true yes so that's my take that's ashley's take yes um so yeah two people have gone pro from the distance side i'm just we'll just wait and see for a sprinter to come up and say we're going pro. All right. As we move on, we have a lot of heavy stars, beautiful, bright side, shining stars heading to Milrose Games, which is going to be absolutely loaded. Yes, yeah, because Ra- we're only about races. one month away. That's yes. like Milrose Games. I mean, that's kind of like the
0: pinnacle of the indoor season, I feel like. Yes. It's one of the biggest meets out there. And we're starting to see those athletes' names be released about who are going to compete. And Boy, I don't know about you. I'm really excited. Oh, man.
2: Okay, let's talk about the mile first because okay. we both agree on an athlete that we're looking forward to yes. watching at this distance. Well, it's been
0: announced that Yardin Goose will be returning to the Watermaker Mile, and he returns after shattering the American record at this event last year at Millrose, won in three forty-seven thirty-eight. I watched that race last year, and I just remember, like, it was so exciting the way you saw him surge over the past, over the, like, Two laps or so, so four hundred meters. Yeah, incredible to watch. And so now he will return to the armory in Millrose Games. And now he's trying to take aim at Yomi, Yomi Kajelka's indoor world record of three forty seven oh one, which obviously he's very close to. Mm. And as Fine. we saw last year, I would say last year was the the year of Yar and Goose. I also think twenty twenty four will be the year of to goose, so I'm really excited.
2: Our new year, new year, hopeful, you know, 1500 meter gold 1500 medal, gold medal. It like it starts with these moments here of just you know getting those fine tuning things out of the way when it comes to indoor. That's why I kind of love indoor season, just kind of helps you to get sharp, yeah, for the bigger races to come. Um, before we talk about your next athlete, I think the 60 meter hurdle race is just absolutely stacked. Agree, like we're talking. A handful of people that were in the finals at Worlds, including Danielle Williams, who was the world champ. You also have Kenny Harrison, who was the bronze medalist, also former world record holder in the 100-meter hurdles. You have Devin Charlton, fourth at Worlds. Akira Nugent, fifth at Worlds. You have Nia Ali, who was eighth. Alaysia Johnson, who really just excelled last year and put herself out there in this mix. Tia Jones, Masai Russell, as Quincy Wilson said, like someone that he's looking up to. I don't even know what to say. I'm just like, it's just gonna be, yeah. it's almost like another world final. Yeah. Essentially that's what it is. I guess the,
0: going into this, obviously, I think the question is who is going to get out the best? Cause in an event like the 60, it really depends on how do you get out? I mean, I'm not a sprinter or a hurdler, but that's kind of how I see it. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, <gasps> but I'm just curious. We're gonna have to see how these girls get out of the blocks and
2: attack those first few hurdles. And I'm just excited. It's gonna be crazy. My intuition's like Danielle Williams, because obviously she's coming off big gold, year. a big year mm-hmm. gold medal. But I, I'm not counting out Kenny Harrison, the way that she ran. And I'm just thinking about like the, the, um, the, the rounds going yes. into worlds, yes. like dropping the fastest time ever in the mm-hmm. rounds. Because she's like, I'm just, look, I'm executing. Like that's yeah. her vision. I'm executing what I'm going to do in that final. That's how she thinks. Mm-hmm. She's sharp. So, I'm also not going to count out Kenny Harrison for this. I mean, one. If
0: you, again, if you look at this field, you have a bunch of all timers, also some up and coming athletes who have been stars at the collegiate level. I think of like Masai Russell there. Yes. I think it's going to be very spicy. Very, very spicy. Very, very spicy. See,
2: now we just need pepper emoji. Spice emoji. Yeah, again,
0: we got to figure out how we can drop emojis yes, on we here. We need to do just that on the
2: screen. <laughs> awesome. All right, final race that we're looking forward to. I think for we got to go to
0: the two mile. Yeah. Especially if you look at the men's two mile. Josh Kerr is going to be running this event, yeah. which I think is very exciting. Obviously, we all know the drama that happened when he won the 1,500-meter the gold medal at the World Championships, beating out Jakob Ingebrigtsen. So last year, he ran Milrose, and I believe he ran the 3K there. He won, and I believe it was a meet record and a, an armory facility record there in that 3K. Now this year, instead of the 3K, Milrose is going to have a two-mile, and so he's going to apparently aim for the world record in this event. Um, I believe that record is 8.0340. So we'll have to Are see we how that to goes. See multiple world records at Melrose? I'm not counting anything out, man. I'm not. I think it could happen. Who knows? <laughs> we all know like... Josh Kerr is someone who's just very dialed into his process yeah. and how he approaches training and each race and each day. And so if anyone can do it, I think he can. I think he has the moxie to do it.
2: I feel like if it's gonna happen, and I don't want to say this is the year to do it, but if this is the year to do it. You're preparing for. The Olympics, I feel like all... It's just the stepping stone. The stepping mm-hmm. stone. Yeah. Just get after it. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. I'm all for witnessing this with my own that two That is what eyes. you wanted to see this year, world records. Yes. So, so hey, I'm all for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kind of switching gears, but... Not really. Not really. <laughs> Gosh, I'm looking forward to this race. There's yeah. the latest matchup that's going to take place in February at the New Balance Grand Prix. In the sixty, the one and only Fred Curley and Noah Lyles, like, boy, like, this is where the whole screen just needs to have fire. <laughs> oh,
0: like, I, I just
2: I am wow. so I'm wow. curious
0: Fred Curley's first ever sixty meters. That he never ran it in he never to ran me. it in college, like, which is crazy. that is
2: mind blowing to me, yeah. But I definitely know at AM and he, he did run on he the four-by-one. He, four, he was more of a 400 But he was runner. more of a four-runner, yeah. mm-hmm. two-four guy. Now we're going into this, I don't want to say transition, but we're seeing Fred take on this 100. Which he's been doing the past, what, couple years? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But here you have Noah, who's established himself mm-hmm. as definitely the two, but like, hey, I can also toe the yeah. line with these yeah. really short sprinters in this 100. I'm just really curious on... Uh,
0: I'm curious because I'm thinking back to worlds, right? I feel like one of the big conversations and some of the rounds and stuff is like in the hundred. Noah Lyles, we all know, and he will admit it himself, sometimes getting out of those blocks, not his strong suit, not his strong suit. In an event like the 60, you cannot waste time getting out of those blocks. There is no time to waste. Nope. So I'm just curious to see, hey, has he worked on this in the off season going into this? And how will Fred respond? Like what's he been doing behind the scenes to get ready, also trying to get out quick? And will he challenge or will Noah all of a sudden have this really great start?
2: I'm curious. So Noah comes in with a personal best of 6.51, which he actually ran at this meet last year to win the title. And then in the like his very first 60 meter race of the year, he went 6.56. If you were right now to call who's winning it, are you saying Fred? Are you saying Noah? I don't know. Mm,
0: it's hard to bet against either athlete, you know, because I feel like they both have that confidence. That is needed to get a big win like this. You, you know cannot what? I'll mess go, up
2: this block start. Here's I'm going to
0: go the the hot take pick. I'm going to go Fred. I'll say Fred. Is it really a hot
2: take though?
0: Yeah, because Noah is the favorite going in. You like, I feel like if you you go against Noah, who's the world 100 champion, the world 200 champion, if you pick anyone else besides him, that's a hot take. Fred has never ran a 60 before. Yes, we know he's been excelling in the 100, you know, more than excelling at the 100 of the past couple years. But I think it's his chance. And I also think that not making that 100 team for Worlds is potentially that motivation he needed to really attack this offseason. And I think he's going to be coming out all guns a blazing. However, I mean, he's got to work on some things from what I saw from, from U.S. Trials. He's got to work on a few things. <laughs> I hope he's been working on a few things. I will say that, but it is one of those My situations brain.
2: where he's never ran this, so maybe who knows? My brain I don't know. is like torn because for me, when I think of the sixty, right, it's part of the hundred race. It's part of your execution. So I know Fred could run a sixty. Oh yeah. I feel like he, like he can run a sixty. Oh yeah. If I was to compare starts, now. During the rounds, Fred, I don't think... He looked a little rough. He looked rough coming out of his starts. But, like, I'm going in maybe with the mentality that he thought, like, he could kind of cruise
0: and get through and make
2: it. Let's take away that away. Take that part away. I don't... I honestly don't think that Fred is not... Like, I almost want to say I think Fred could take this. So we're on the same page. But in the back of my mind, also, I know the season that Noah just had. He's... And we always it. know Noah, he's like on his game. And he knows how to compete. Not saying Fred doesn't know, but like I mean the we've level seen of him confidence yeah, right now. Yeah. If I always be like if they were standing in front of me, I'd be like, Noah's definitely the confident one. Yeah. As he should be. He Yeah,
0: he has every reason to be confident. But yeah. it's I... gonna be interesting. I'll say Fred again, just because I kinda wanna go for the quote unquote underdog, but we'll see. Okay. If I was to pick right now, Liv, you have to make a decision. Well, no, I guess you I, can't make decisions. I guess I'll but... go Noah.
2: I feel like we have to offset each other. Okay. Noah.
0: Noah Fred. All right, Noah we'll Fred. see how it turns out in, on February 4th. All less right. Less than a
2: month away. Less than a month away. And speaking of less than a month away, literally uh, this weekend, we have, a big... <laughs> <laughs> we have some things to look out for at the Houston Half Marathon. The men's and women's elite fields are interesting. I think great, interesting is a great, word. great way to describe it. Yeah. Let's talk about the men's side. Yes. Because I think that is honestly the most interesting one. Yeah.
0: It's and it, it's kind of complicated, so I'll try my best to explain yes. the
2: situation. Explain the situation for us, Ashley. So As obviously,
0: you look at this Houston half marathon and you see some of the names entered here like Galen Rupp, and you're like, oh, but. The Olympic trials for the marathoner in a few weeks. Why is he messing around and running the Houston half? Well, he's not messing around, right? (laughs) That's because he's running this with hopes that he can increase his road to Paris ranking for potential eligibility for the marathon in Paris. I won't get into all to the nitty-gritty, but that's just kind of like the bottom line of it. Now, you know, I was doing some research and before Dubai, there's a chance that he can move up to number sixty four, I believe if he ran 60, 47 or faster, however, I think Dubai mess, like, altered the rankings um, for Road to Paris. So we'll see how it goes. So basically, he can get a certain amount of points to move up the rankings based on how he performs in Houston, and I believe there's bonus points for if he finishes first, second, or third. Mm -hmm. So that's the mindset there for him. Now, if you're looking at the women's side, it's a little bit different. You have just athletes that want to go out there and compete, I think. You have Helen O'Beary, who she's obviously the Boston Marathon and New York City Marathon champion. She's going to look to take home that title and I think just kind of get back out there, get back in the racing game. You're going to have Sarah Hall, who will also be one of the top contenders on the spot for Team USA for the Olympic Marathon team. Um, you're going to have Wayne colati making her half marathon debut. Yep. Very interesting. You're also going to have Tristan Van Ord and Nell Rojas running the running this race for the women's field for the U.S. There's just a lot of names. There's a lot of interesting storylines. What else are you yep. looking at?
2: Uh, it's just Galen Rupp for me. That's just <laughs> it. That's just it. It is Galen Rupp for me. I'm a huge Galen Rupp fan. But when you look at just where he's kind of been at, he's run two races in 2023. He ran the New York City half, which was in March. And then I also ran the Chicago Marathon in October. So here it's just kind of like we're going out in hopes, crossing our fingers, that we can move up in these rankings. Yeah. Because let's be honest. But the- like, what is the likelihood that this could actually I don't know. Well, sorry, keep touching your laptop over here.
0: We're not saying because it's things are just getting messy. Yeah, and they have been messy for specifically this men's marathon team selection yes. for Team USA. Yes. Like I just don't know what else to say. Actually, maybe this is the time where we shift gears from Houston to then just talking about that process because there's been changes.
2: Yeah. I just I'm I'm overwhelmed <laughs> by the changes being made. I feel like there's no clear direction. Well, how do you have one thing and then later?
0: So here have another that's change. The, here's the issue,
2: right? And the thing is, it's the Olympic year. Like I feel like this needed to be established.
0: Yes, but before... I, I think I think the issue is they didn't realize, or, or I bet USATF probably didn't think. That we would be going into 2024 and only having two men having that auto, you know, unlocking their spots for the Olympic roster.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That being Connor Mance and Clayton Young, because they both have that Olympic standard there. Yes. And so now we're a month away from the trials yes. and we only have two, quote unquote, guaranteed. And so now it's like, all right, how can we try to see to make sure we can get a third person in? So now this is, I believe it was last week at, or the end of the new year, like right before January hit US, the you know they decided to change the selection process just a bit and I'll try my best to explain this because it gets really kind of complicated basically yeah like I said it gets complicated now the deadline to get within the top 80 for the road to Paris rankings to hopefully you know get all these men's spots on the US team to go to Paris is now May 5th so we now have this potential that we may not know the full men's or maybe women's, but the women's on the American side is a little bit more cut and dry, I think, for seeing the top three of trials going on to the yeah. Olympics. We may not know exactly who all is going to the Olympics until May 5th for the men. Like I said so far, only Conor and Clayton Young have unlocked those spots. Um, but the, the thing is, they have to run, in order to go on and maybe unlock that spot, you have to run under 211.30 in orlando or have already done so yeah and so basically obviously the great scenario is you have orlando you have Connor mance clayton young then someone else you know you run under two two eleven thirty in orlando boom there you go those are your three guys you're sending them off but it's orlando so who knows yes. what the weather's gonna be like and you know you, you, you right have now. to hope for it's an,
2: humid it's going oh, to yeah. be humid in orlando that's my Prepare prediction the whole so time let's
0: just hope You'd also have to hope for an honest, fast race, too, which yeah. sometimes in those situations you may not get. It, it may be no. more tactical. Yeah. However, because of the May 5th deadline, it just keeps going. I'll be the explanation. People can now go and chase the ranking and time that they need. So, say someone gets into the top three that runs, I believe, that runs 211.30 or below, but doesn't have that ranking that they need. They can then go to, say, Boston, London Marathon. It for a quick time and rise up the rankings. Get into that top 80. However, you can't go and do that, chase the ranking if you haven't already hit sub 211.30. You're looking at me like this makes
2: no sense at all. I understand it, but I'm just like, why do we have to now make this so complicated? <laughs> I mean, it's- The kinda... key is you gotta go 211.30. So just basically the crazy get thing- Get a sticky note, write 211.30 on your mirror so you see it every day. And do what you need to do in Orlando. Fight like, the humidity. I'm just hoping that everything goes to plan and like we don't. It doesn't get
0: messy because like because now I'm like because if we have to wait until May 5th to know who all is on this team, that's gonna that's like gonna, that's oh gonna be gosh, weird. That's gonna be rough. so weird because t- you know if you think about it, typically you run the trials, then oh my god, top three, like we got to celebrate. You get the Olympic flags, you you like can you can you even give out can Olympic you even- flags? <laughs> like the little flags that you wave around. Oh red.
2: no, that's right. Yeah. I didn't think about that. I know. But, it's, but that makes it all that more real. And I mean, I get
0: it. Like USA, the Team USA wants to be able to send three people, not yeah. two, but three. Because when do we ever send two people in an event? No, like never. Right. We, we want all, we want to take advantage of all three spots. But like, again, just all the changes and complications. If you look at it, like the trials this year, have been, it's been so messy. Because you had the whole start time start issue, time. and that's kind of where it all started. Moving back from noon to ten, and then just the whole drama, of the especially location. on the men's side. Yeah, the location, the men's side again, because only Connor and Clayton have that standard, and so now it's like goodness,
2: goodness gracious,
0: I, it's almost exhausting. I'm it? exhausted just talking just about it and thinking, thinking about, about it. this. Yeah. Uh-huh. and I'm not even running it. I, I,
2: I feel it's almost like. Getting top three is not enough, which we kinda like the standards I understand, right? Yeah. That's always been there. The standards have always been there. But it's just like two eleven thirty, but potentially that might may or may not be enough. It's almost now I have to invest in running in another merit, like doing potentially, it again? potentially,
0: potentially. That's how I really hope that doesn't happen though. I know. Let's hope for a very fast Orlando race. And everyone runs really
2: fast, so, and everyone's in the top whatever ranking. But see, the thing is, I don't think it's <laughs> because there's two sides of this. Because it's like you want to be tactical so you can actually. But I guess the overall picture is you can't run it tactically. You literally just have to run. Let's let's just hope we have a very this be interesting, blazing, fast race. I don't know. We'll see. TBD. All right. Any other updates about? US marathon trials. I, I
0: do I, I do think we should mention too that. Unfortunately, we did have some news coming yes. out um, that Emma Bates will not race the trials due to injury, which is obviously very unfortunate. But I think she's kind of shifting her gear. She's not going to run the Boston marathon in April um, now that she doesn't, you know, contesting the trials, hoping to come back from injury. It does kind of shake things up, though, on the women's side, because she was definitely among those top five contenders going into the trials, vying for those three spots for Team USA. Right. So, for, you know, that's just... For some of those athletes, it's almost like the the field opens up a little bit.
2: Yeah. Well,
0: that's all the news. Wow, I feel like we're ending on such a dull note. Dull note. On a... Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> how do I make this... I know how to make this better, actually. Yes, go ahead, Ashley. We have a couple live events coming this weekend that you can <laughs> tune in for. Yes. Let's, ta- let's break that down. I know I mentioned earlier when we were talking to Quincy Wilson that we will be having the VA showcase live streamed Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on both Flow Track and Mile Split. And so if you want to go watch Quincy Wilson tear up that 500 or any of your other favorite high school athletes run some top times nationally in the country, be sure to tune in. And then we're also going to have the Jimmy Carnes Invitational down in Gainesville live on FlowTrack. So we have some indoor action coming your way. I'm super excited for it. I'll be on my computer all weekend watching it happen. And so you better do the same.
2: Yes. And I forgot to mention this at the top of the show. I remembered it during Quincy's interview. This is our new time slot. We should probably oh, that's let right. You know. Yeah, we should probably tell you all We should probably let you all know. So Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Central. Central. Twelve PM Eastern. Twelve PM noon Eastern. This is where you can find us. Yes. Every week. Wednesday moving forward at those so times. Let's pray it doesn't change. Yes. I think we're <laughs> I, think I think we're, we're locked, locked in, in on this. I though. think we're locked yeah. in. Shout out to Amanda Geyer, our wonderful producer, um, for all the things that she does. Yes. And shout out to you too, because you, you do great things. Well, thank you, you do too. So I think that wraps it up for our very first episode of two thousand twenty four. Yes. We will Very see it all right here in our studio suite next week, 11 a.m. Um, again, great content coming out. As Ashley mentioned, we have a lot of great live streams that are coming into play, so you can check all of that on FlowTrack, um, VA Showcase, which I will be going, leaving tomorrow morning uh, in Virginia. So great things to happen. Kicking off some sprints. Indoor season's here. Indoor season is here. That's I'm right. Pumped. All right, y'all.
1: Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you next week, Wednesday.